I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Do men and women approach money and money matters differently? I know what you're thinking. There isn't really a difference in terms of the desire for money. Clearly, in most cases, it would be fair to say that men and women who don't have money would rather have it, and those who have money would rather have more of it. But that's not what I'm getting at. I'm talking about the behavioral tendencies of men and women when it comes to their finances and how these play a part in financial planning. This is BQ Big Decisions, and the question we're asking today is: Do women approach money and money matters differently than men? I'm joined by Abhinita Chakraborty, a financial consultant who has been a private banker for many years now. Thanks so much for joining me, Abhinita. Pleasure, Alex. Now, I do want to get to the crux of the conversation: Is there a fundamental and an observable difference in the way that women approach money? You know, if you uh, talk to a man and a woman who are probably at the same levels of their careers, and ask them how their portfolio is doing, how what their retirement plans are, uh, you are most likely to notice that the woman will shy away from that conversation. Okay. They will probably not uh, give you enough information, or you know, pretend that they know nothing. Often, you know, and generally not answer your questions. Men, on the other hand, seem to be a lot more confident and. Mm. and they will probably tell you their best stock picks and go on and on but mm. women in general uh, seem to be shy and a little less confident about how they manage their own money you know abhinita right at the top of this conversation i do want to establish that this is not meant to stereotype women in any way it's simply a, a, a means of trying to understand the woman's psyche when it comes to financial planning so I want to understand when you say that there is an observable difference. Is this because of certain traits that women have? Is is this because of societal learning, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, allow me to make a little bit of a distinction between uh, uh, broad categories of people in terms of how much wealth they have, because uh, I have an H and I background. I have dealt with a lot of H and I clients who are women, and uh, they don't seem to exhibit these properties that I just uh, mentioned. You know, and you're absolutely right. I guess it all stems from uh, their dinner table conversation with their parents and how. Uh, they have probably talked more about money as children and their parents have been more forthcoming in discussing uh, what's going on in their businesses and stuff like that so uh, so hni women in general are a lot uh, smarter about money than i see people from mass affluent or middle class all right but that has to do with perhaps their learning and and the exposure that they have to certain information that other people don't have or rather what other people are not interested in but is there a more central reason is there a more biological reason shall we say uh, why men and women are different the central and biological reason actually tilts in favor of women you know let me explain why mm-hmm. uh, women uh, in general uh, have about 5 to 10% of testosterone that men have in their bodies okay and uh, testosterone as you know is the hormone which makes you go on and take risk mm. so uh, it's because women have less of that hormone in their bodies 
they are relatively calmer mm-hmm. it's true that they tend to shun risk more but it also uh, translates into their trading less they're being more calm when the markets are behaving erratically mm. so uh, if there was a biological difference which many claim mm. it's actually uh, you know in favor of of women so uh, but i ju- i just think that women are not aware that mm. intrinsically they are better investors and they are able to handle their money better mm. and uh, there are various ways uh, in which that can be established so at the start of this conversation i believe that abunita has established that women who are listening uh, you guys are definitely better at handling your finances than the men in your lives and the men who are listening this is a message to you from abunita you should involve the women in your lives a little bit more in the planning of your finances is that right abunita yeah absolutely uh, let me give you a little statistics here uh, did you know that in microfinance about 75% of the portfolio belongs to women in fact the largest microfinance company which is gramin bank mm. apparently has 90% portfolio uh, of their of their portfolio as women mm. which means that you know somewhere women are perceived as more credit worthy they are perceived as more level headed mm. and they seem to be taking uh, their money responsibilities extremely seriously mm. and here mind you we are talking about the lowest strata of, of women in the society right so um which is why i said that there are a lot of innate strengths in a woman mm. in in when it comes to managing money it's just that perhaps they are not completely aware of it uh, and they say that there is a uh, there is a long standing shame and blame happening here mm. and uh, and they are just not confident you mentioned dinner table conversations and avanita I, i think that has a lot to do with what we're talking about today is that I I've and I've heard this from uh, people that I've spoken to women are not really encouraged to speak about money uh, when it comes to their salaries it's almost you would say that talking about money is a bad thing Yes uh, I don't know how, what conversation your parents had while you were growing up with you Alex but my parents almost seemed to instill in me that you know money was not the most important thing hmm. In fact uh, I think there was a hint that if you have too much money you perhaps don't become the best human being even a hint of that you know which is why when I first started uh, going for interviews and I was asked uh, what are, what are the things that motivate you I was shy to say money I thought it was a bad thing to say mm. you know which has mm. changed of course with the younger generation but um, uh, what happens with typically uh, richer people people who have been running businesses and have been taking risks they approach money matters very differently with their children mm. and um, i recently went to a, a, a family office summit where uh, there were a lot of entrepreneurs who were running their businesses in the second generation or the third generation and almost everybody seemed to agree that the children who have joined their businesses and taken money seriously whether they were women or men mm. uh, were able to do that because of the dinner table conversations that they had they made money matters simple and um, i have worked with the, one of the best investors in terms of being 
prudent and being wise and sharp that i have ever worked with is a woman okay who is you know uh, um, is in, is managing her uh, family business in the third generation hmm. and um, is uh, you know ask me the most difficult questions and takes the most prudent calls and over the years i have come to respect her decision taking ability uh, much more than many of my other clients so you've been doing this abinita for 18 years now and you've been handling money uh, other people's money uh, you've of course interacted with a, a large group of uh, individuals from the kind of questions that women and men ask with regard to their finances when they come and talk to you is it distinctly markedly different Yes absolutely you see uh, again i'd like to say that you know in in the uh, mass affluent middle class uh, women that i deal with women are shy to ask okay they possibly think that like you know i mentioned shame and blame they mm-hmm. possibly think that uh, what they will ask is going to come across as a little dumb or too uh, you know amateurish mm. or too basic so they feel shy but that also means that they sometimes ask you questions which completely take you off guard which are so basic mm. that as a financial advisor you ought to be able to answer them sure you know and these questions revolve around risk and stuff like that mm. in the hni segment you know uh, some again these questions are difficult the questions that come to me from women are really difficult if i could give you an example uh, when real estate funds were just coming into the markets mm. i remember there was this lady client who had approached um, uh, you know to to recommend a fund to she asked me a simple question that you know if banks are not lend- to real estate companies then uh, why should i lend to them because the product that you are asking me to do uh, basically tantamounts to my lending money to these real estate and that's a very important yes, question yes yes and we landed up not doing the product and uh, and uh, you know we laugh today that it was because of her prudence that mm. the family did not invest a large sum of money in a fund which incidentally gave negative returns after 8 years okay okay would you say then and and this is uh, just a bit of a lighthearted question would you say that you enjoy managing women's finances more than you yes yes absolutely <laughs> you know i'll tell you why while initially it does seem like a daunting task because you know when women get down to asking questions pointed questions they, they can be a little tough hmm. but uh, the good thing is that once you've made a portfolio for them and they have co-created that portfolio with you in terms of having participated with you they are most likely to stay the course okay you know they they will not call you up when the markets are fall, falling and they're not going to get jumpy and they're not going to question the decision that has been jointly taken every now and then mm. so as far as i'm concerned i love working with women clients i wish i had more women clients you know it's it's just that i have i have met more men who are richer in my profession mm. but um, i definitely like working with women more you know increasingly and and we are seeing a large number of women joining the workforce uh, of course there are statistics and studies that show that parity between men and women is still far away it'll take decades perhaps for pay parity to take place but uh, if we say 20 years back uh, if women were doing higher education courses and not joining the workforce at least today they are so they have certain amount of income that they will need to manage at, at some point of time or the other uh you know alex the what i have to say here is that the problem never was uh you know stemming from the fact that women were not earning enough money okay, okay. just because women are earning enough money today doesn't mean that there has been a behavioral change in which they look at their money okay in fact uh, 
I'm of the opinion that our generation is in a bit of a soup because we have we are earning more money than uh, anyone before us has. Um, but we are also extremely seduced by the expenditures that we could possibly make, right? Mm. It's so easy to buy stuff now. Exactly. So what's happening is we're earning, we're spending, we're possibly not saving and investing enough. And we are uh, unaware of the fact that there will come a time when we will become sandwiched in terms of taking care of our elders and also taking care of our children. And there will be huge expenses that have to be borne, mm. which we may not be, we may not be financially prepared prepared for okay. and this may also be happening because uh, this money is being earned for the first time you right. know our generation ha- doesn't know how to deal with the money that we are earning and has traditionally not saved mm. so your question that if women are entering the workforce and they are earning more money will things change things will not change unless the behavioral approach towards money changes you know the more money you have does not translate into more savings and more investments yeah, in fact uh, and this is spoken about a lot uh, a large number of people and this is not just women it's men and women across the board who leave large amounts of money lying idle in their savings bank account because they don't start the investing journey till it's perhaps a little too late Yeah, you know, I I would be more concerned with people who have no money in their savings account, you know. I am among those advisors who is who doesn't shy away from telling the client that if you are at least saving in a fixed deposit, then you at least have a saving habit, you mm. know, which means you are a cut above a large number of people who are unable to save at all. Okay. and and that's a very interesting that you mentioned fixed deposits because i do want to talk about the kind of in instruments that traditionally have been associated with uh, women uh, and it's been said that women prefer the more safe options uh, fixed deposits say jewelry gold uh, real estate and and in certain uh, situations i've heard financial planners even advocating uh, going for this is this something that is uh, the norm is is this something that you think needs to change i am personally of the opinion that there is no need to change anything there let me give you some examples okay i have a client who is a lady who told me that when uh, she got married into a very rich family her mother in law insisted that she take up the duty of managing all the real estate that the family has all right okay now um, these guys are worth about probably 200 350 200 300 crores so uh, if uh, the spouse one of the spouses looks after the property mm. uh, because property is also yielding income mind you these are old properties so their rental yields are very good they are not sure. what you get today sure what's the harm in that similarly i have another client who tells me whenever i ask him to buy gold etfs or funds he tells me that his wife takes care of the gold portfolio and while indians are uh, unlikely to sell their jewelry but isn't it true that if really um you know one was in dire straits uh, what stops you from selling jewelry there's nothing that stops you from doing it right yeah. so like i again said that if you're just mindful of stacking money away even if it were in real assets mm. you are not in such a bad place okay. here we are trying to tackle a situation where people are actually spending all that they earn and save not saving at all hmm. okay so i am all for having property and gold and even fixed deposits i don't think there's anything dumb about that hmm. and uh, i think as a generation we have uh, started telling people that you know you must invest in equities a new thing right a, a, la- a very small portion of 
our population invests in equity, in equity right? yes so you know uh, uh, my in, during my entire journey which is about maybe 20 years we have been telling clients please do equity mm. now that's all good <laughs> but i'm saying do something okay no i get i get your point i, I do want to understand whether you're saying you must draw a distinction here in that should women uh, approach and and this is a practical question right theoretically you may say in all situations that equity uh, for the long term is a good product but if traditionally and if a woman has been uh, um, averse to going for equity do you think that you should force them to t- make that change or, or do you think it should be incremental no uh of course it should be incremental in fact i am saying that since we are on the topic of men and women i am saying that if women did do uh, some equity investments incrementally or otherwise their their temperament is possibly going to steer them ahead of men because uh, the investing that men do in equity without quite understanding what they're getting into they start picking up stocks and you know and then they tell you only about the success stories but uh, but you know i have seen portfolios which have gone horribly wrong sure okay so uh, so i'm saying that if women were steered in the path of equity it is likely that they will land up making a better portfolio than uh, men traditionally have mm. uh, but i'm also saying that it is not mandatory that uh, that people must invest in equities it's it's a good thing to do uh, you know we encourage people to take on more risk in expectation of higher returns but you know there there has to be a method to the madness okay uh, now of course uh, the crux of financial planning they say is goal based investing and we're talking about all of this in the context of risk taking ability and we were talking about this just before we started recording right and you said that there's a difference between risk appetite and risk tolerance what were you saying with regard to that yes see women do not shy away from saying that they do not have a risk appetite you know and i am all in favor of that i mean at least they know who they are i land up with men who have a huge disparity in the risk that they think they can take mm. and they what they can actually take mm. and behavioral experts will tell you that if there is a huge gap in what you think you can take and you can actually take then you behave irrationally you know you start jumping and you uh, book out a loss too early mm. and you try to juggle your portfolio and you you know you discontinue your sips you do all sorts of things which are irrational sure. right so behavioral economists have written pages over how you behave irrationally if you are not prepared for the risk that you are taking so of course there is a difference and i'm saying women have an edge because they start from the beginning saying that i don't have that risk appetite sure. so even if they do invest in equity it's at an incremental level mm. like you said so you know one of my favorite ways of invest getting people to invest in equity has always been investing the gains of liquid funds you know you just switch those gains into equity and make people taste the flavor of equity fantastic so now we have reinforced the topic uh, that we started with in that you say that women are better placed to handle their own finances now having said that perhaps a lot of women listening to this podcast will say that they still have their finances that are handled by the male members of that fam- of their family and that hasn't changed very much do you think that should uh, now see uh, uh, you know if somebody is married or is in a great relationship and uh, they have decided that money will be managed by one of the spouses which is usually the man of the house there is technically nothing wrong with that but here is a, a gory uh, statistic for you that uh, you know women outlive men 
generally you know which is why insurers uh, will uh, always you know charge you a higher premium for life if you're a woman okay. which means and this is going to sound very gory that women often land up being widowed or single at a much older age so what you're saying is that they must learn to manage their yes finances. and if they have they have conveniently left it to the male members of the family then suddenly there will come a situation when perhaps the son of the family knows that it is his money to manage and the woman will not be treated the elderly woman will not be treated properly isn't there's it? a danger yes i mean you know el- uh, women are more subject to elder abuse everywhere in the world there is statistics to prove that mm. okay so uh, here you're a woman who for for let's imagine you're a woman f- uh, who has never learned anything about family finances mm. doesn't know where the insurance papers are doesn't know how many bank accounts are there doesn't know anything his her husband has done everything and she has a son mm. uh, who who knows that he has inher- inherited everything and doesn't want to take care of his mom who wants to be in a situation like that so that yeah. i mean this is obviously a hypothetical situation and hopefully this is a very small yes. number of so cases so i give i give a very negative uh, outlook on this but i'm saying this is reality right mm. i mean you you there is statistics to prove that women are more subject to elder abuse than men everywhere in the world Fair okay enough. so uh, if uh, there are people who assume from the beginning that you know we have to be fit mm. uh, both uh, physically and mentally and financially so that we're not at the mercy of anybody even if they were our children what's wrong in looking at it like that it's you're not necessarily taking a negative outlook in life you're just being practical being practical and of course i would think that it's very hard for parents to think the worst of their kids to begin with so yes. it's not an easy uh, situation to deal with yes. but you're saying that before you even reach that point you must really secure yourself yeah i mean for like i said that most of us will probably land up taking care of ourselves our children and our elderly parents mm. so we better be prepared okay fair enough so basically if you haven't made a start abhinita is saying that you must make a start you need to start asking a few questions uh, that perhaps you got a sense of over the course of this conversation i believe that more or less covers all of the bases abhinita that uh, had to do with the behavioral aspects of how women deal with their finances and i think this sets the stage for several conversations that we will have over the course of this series that is bq big decisions thank you so much for joining me today abhinita pleasure being here alex thank you and to all our listeners out there Thank you so much as always for tuning into this conversation. If any of the aspects of this conversation resonated with you, do let us know what you think in the comments section. That's all we have for you in this edition of BQ Big Decisions. This is Alex Matthew signing off. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Paisa Vaisa hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is dead hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala or Cyrus says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IBM podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcast from. Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me Zarina Poonawala to feel empowered in all genres of life from behavioral skills to management skills from health to relationships from mental well-being to emotional well-being and of course your finances I've got you covered 
with these tips and tricks from me Zarina and true life stories from my amazing guests you're bound to bring your purest to the table tune in to the empowering series with Zarina Punawala every thursday on the IVM podcast app website or wherever you listen to podcasts Hello everyone, I'm Zain. I'm Avanti. And welcome back to a brand new season of Marvel's Lost and Found. A show on mental health and its stigma and we're kind of making it an open conversation. Pretty much, yeah. And we're really, really excited about this season because we have a number of guests on and we'll be talking about things like addiction. Grief. Children and mental health. Exactly, children and mental health. And our listeners have also written in yeah, this time. Yes, and, and thank- we have an episode dedicated to that. Yes, and guys, thank you so much for writing and we really, really appreciate it. And we're really excited for you to tune in on Tuesdays on the IVM website or app or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find Marbles Lost and Found on Facebook or you can find Marbles Lost and Found on Instagram as well. Uh, the handle being Marbles Podcast India. Can't wait for you to tune in. Thank you very much. See you guys soon.